It's the midweek show. Views from Section 400. I'm sorry if that intro was horrendous, but we are back. Action Paxley. Um, you know, I'm your host, Matt. My other host, Jack. And my other host, Brian. Um, you know, I know we finally got Jack back in the fold. He's missed a couple pods, but, you know, his Jaguars are rolling, and so is he. But um, we will save uh, all the NFL banter until the weekend. As you know, we have a rocking show. That comes out every week, every Sunday. So make sure you stay tuned to that. This is obviously the midweek show. We're going to cover a lot of stuff going on in the world of sports. Uh, you know, NBA's rolling. NHL's rolling. College football playoff uh, rankings just dropped. And we got some college basketball. So uh, I got my basketball Jones shirt on. Uh, I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. And uh, yeah, you know, we've been uh, we've already been red hot with some picks. I know if you check out our website, Brian through JMU plus 17 out there last night. Who needs the plus 17 when they win outright? So that was a pretty hot start to the uh, uh, NCAA season. But uh, yeah, I mean, kind of just rolling into it. College basketball is back. Uh, had an electric slate yesterday. Uh, pretty late slate tonight, but uh, it'll pick up as the week goes on. But something interesting as we roll into the season and we kick off, uh, you know, a shit ton of games here. We have a completely different landscape. It is completely different from six months ago, uh, from when we saw UConn beat San Diego State. Massive, massive changes. We have two thousand. Yes, you heard me correctly. Two thousand transfers that ended up in different areas, different schools. Um, and that number's significant because just 10 years ago in 2013, the number of transfers they had in the portal was 475. And just and 10 years later, we're sitting at 2,000 transfers. So the basketball, college basketball landscape is drastically different than what we saw six months ago. And, uh, yeah, it just creates for that much more drama uh, as we roll through the four-, five-, six-month season and we get into March Madness. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of what I have there. Brian, what what are you seeing here, man, as the season kind of unwinds and, and gets going? Yeah, so I know we're all still watching the games tip off here. Um, the best team in the nation plays tonight at 9 o'clock. Uh, the night of this recording, the Auburn Tigers start their championship run tonight against Baylor. But yeah, you mentioned it, 2,000 transferring players. I thought, if you guys are up for it, a little game going here, family feud style. I'll just run through the top transfers, and if you guys could give me where they go to school now. All right, this is uh, is going to be tough. It's a little too early in the season for me to know where everybody's at right now. I haven't really been paying attention to the portal, 2,000 of them nearly. Uh, so let's run this, but uh, I think Matt's got this in the bag. All right, well, I'll let you hey, go man. first then, Jack. I'll give you the easiest one, or what should be the easiest one. Michigan big man Hunter Dickinson transferred this offseason. Where does he play basketball now? <laughs> oh, boy. You might take the one nothing lead here? That is incorrect. Matt for the steal. Wait, what, what, what answer did he say? He said UConn. Oh, God. Uh, I will don't need much thought about this one. I will lock in the answer and take the one nothing lead. Uh, Kansas Jayhawks. That is correct. Hunter Dickinson did not pull a Kevin Durant and go to the champion. He went to Kansas, who was ranked number one this year, so could be champion. Damn. All right, Matt. I should have guessed that. I know. I know that they're. Uh, I, I'm. I'm. I'm betting, man. I know that Kansas and Purdue are up there as number one and two to uh, as favorites to win it all, right? Yeah, Kansas looks dynamic. I mean, I know they just played one game and it was a you know pretty scrubby mid-major school, but they did what they should have done, and I'm pretty sure they won by 50 points. So yeah, they're going to be forced to reckon with this year. I think at one point last night they were up 70 to 29. Oh, yeah, wow. they uh they took care oh. of business, rightfully so. But you know they they did exactly what you expect the dominant team to do, and that's you know blow them out from the start and and win the game by nearly 40, 50 points. So like I said, they're going to be just an absolute force to uh to you know reckon with this year. But uh, right, let's keep it rolling here, dude. Yeah, we'll see if you can be a force to reckon with in this in this game early here. So let's Max Abnis, 
the pride of Oral Roberts transferred to a Power 5 school this year. Can you tell me which one? Well, I mean, um, was it ACC? No. SEC? Oh, I, didn't know we get, I didn't know we get guesses I'm like that. I'm giving you two. No, no, we don't. We don't. Um, yeah, this is going to be a tough one. It's not the ACC, but it is a Power Five. Uh, yeah, this is a tough one. I'm just going to go out on a random limb here. And, you know, maybe since you're asking, is it Auburn? <laughs> it is not. I wish it was Auburn. That, that'd be pretty electric. Yeah, um, I have no idea. Jack, since that I gave is... Matt a hint. I'll throw you one. It's not going to be an easy one, but I will give you ESPN2 Monday Night Football. ESPN. Uh, I got it. I got it. I got it. That that is the Manning cast. Who was on the Manning cast? Uh, Who was on the Manning cast, bro? I, I just watched it last night. Trevor Lawrence was on there. Keyshawn Johnson was on there. Arnold Schwarzenegger was on there. There wasn't a, a top college basketball commit. Where's where's the where's the timer here? Three, two, one. Texas. Bang! <laughs> Out of nowhere. <laughs> the connection there was Archie Manning. Yeah, that's what was going through my head. <laughs> wow, we'll take it. We'll take it. One one baby, one one. Yeah, one one. Jack, you're I up wasn't first even going to go that route. I was literally thinking Manning cast. I was like, all right, I have Tennessee or Ole Miss. I'm going to go with Tennessee, mm-hmm. and my guess was going to be Tennessee. So none of us would have got that anyway. But good, good guess there, man. Way to pull that one out. That was that was, uh, that was pretty special stuff right there. That's fine, right, Jack. Caleb Love spent his whole career at UNC prior to this season. Where did he transfer to? I was going to say, I know that name. My buddy Bo's a big UNC guy. Um, Caleb Love, he's a little guy, right? Yeah, where did he go? Uh, UCLA? <laughs> All right, Matt. Floors to you. Well, what? You said he was on UNC, right? He was on UNC. Did he go to a team that is that is good and they're ranked? What's up with these hints, bro? Come on now. Like I, think I can't give you that. If you I guess a, if I if I if I guess a conference, can you say yes or no, and I just get one conference guess? Sure. All right, Jack. Jack agrees. That's Jack fine. agrees. Go ahead. Um, Caleb Love. We probably didn't stay in the ACC. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, he probably didn't stay there. Maybe he went west. I know you said that's yeah. he didn't go to Gonzaga. I know that. I'll guess with my conference, I'll say the Pac 12. That's correct. It is the Pac 12. Yep. All right. So if you went Pac 12, who are the teams? It's got to be there's only like two good teams in that conference or three good teams. And I think. So out of the Pac-12, I'm gonna. I think this is the best team. So this is the team I'm going with. I'm gonna say the Arizona Wildcats, just because they're the best team in the Big Twelve. That's correct. No way. <laughs> is it actually? <laughs> Yo, look at us. Look oh, at us. Three for four. I know, dude. So I knew he went. I knew he was like. He, like obviously he wasn't staying in the same conference as UNC. So I was like, maybe he went West. Then Jack said UCLA. So I was like, there's no shot. He went UCLA. Then I said, PAC 12. You said, yeah. And the first thing came to my mind was Arizona. Cause they're like the best team in that conference. And why would he go anywhere other than, you know, a solid team? If he's like, you know, yeah. an extremely solid transfer. Um, yeah. So that's some good stuff here. Now that I said that, I kind of remember him. Him, I, I remember that being a headline. But yeah, that that was an early transfer, like right after yeah. the season ended. He uh, he decided. To... Yeah, I kind of remember that, All especially because right, gonna... they made they made a run. They made a run last year, didn't they? UNC. Yeah, they're they're solid every year, but uh, you two know, years ago they missed out on the tournament last year. I think uh, 
I, you know, I think my UCLA bet wasn't uh, too far off there if it ended up being Arizona. I'm I'm proud yeah, of that. One. Proud with that one. All right, Hauk, what's the next one? All right, it gets a little bit tougher now. Um, still big names, but not as big as those top three. So Harrison Ingram was a star at Stanford. Where did he transfer? Harrison Ingram. My my conference, I'm going to go with the SEC. Incorrect. Dang. I was really (laughs) thinking he might have gone to like Mississippi State. Um, Let me think. Let me think. Say his name one more time for me, Mr. Houck. Harrison Ingram. Harrison Ingram. He transferred to Indiana. That is incorrect. Matt, you want to steal? Uh, Harrison Ingram went to Stanford. Did he stay on the West Coast? He did. Uh, did, He did not? He did not. Oh, my. I must blurt it out. (laughs) Um, Shit. I will go with – do I get a conference guess? Not on the steal. Not on the steal. Okay, then I'm just going to go with a random one here. I'm thinking Big 12. I'm hoping he didn't come all the way east. Did he come all the way east? You got to guess before I can tell you that. I know, but I'm able to read the way you react to the questions I ask. Um, Ah, fudge, dude. Uh, Yeah, I'll just take a random one. I'm going to go in the Big 12. Seems like he would stay somewhat close. But give me Baylor? So UNC needed someone to replace Caleb Love. And that's where he went. Uh, All right, let's move on here. Let's do one more. I think you guys will recognize LJ Cryer. A big big name from Baylor. He transferred. Where does he play as who Matt, you stole on the last one, so it's your I, turn. Where does yeah, LJ Cryer? Steeler last time. What was it? LJ who? LJ Cryer. Yeah, that name does sound familiar. And you he was he's on Baylor last year. He was a forward at Baylor. Wow, this is gonna be tough. Um did he come into the big east? No. He stayed real close to home. Yeah, let me steal this. Texas Tech. Jack, you got it? Houston. Bang. Wow. I think that's the win right there. Yeah. Dang, dude. Yo, that was my guess before you even asked if you stayed close to home or if you even said close to home. I was like, yo, we transferred from Baylor. Where else are you going to go? Fucking Houston. There's no other good team in the area. How about yeah, that? I didn't even, th- I didn't even think of uh... – I didn't even think of that, but good stuff although, there. Bro. Although shout out, shout out them Red Raiders though. Shout out Texas Tech. Pew pew. Yeah, that's why. Uh, that's that's why I said it. I was like, dude, they were pretty electric uh, last year, so I thought maybe they got there. But whatever, you know. I think uh, we'll have some better game shows as we roll on with the podcast. Um, but yeah, let us yeah. know what you want to see. Either you know me versus Brian, me versus Jack, or Brian and Jack face off in anything. Give us some suggestions in the comments, and we will, uh, you know, we'll face off against each other and, and see how well, uh, you know, we really know, um, you know, the sports world. So that's some good stuff there. Uh, good opening, a uh, little game show. Uh, and another element to the podcast. So if you continue to tune in, something to look forward to as we move on here. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, like we said, not only did the players go everywhere, but the coaches jumped everywhere. Rick mm-hmm. Pitino uh, is at St. John's and Ed Cooley, you know, kind of dipped out from Providence where he pretty much made his legacy. Didn't really win anything, but had some solid teams that, that, you know, made the tournament over the years. And he will try to revamp and revitalize the, uh, you know, Georgetown Hoyas, as they've been pretty much bottom of the Big East for the last five, five-plus years. Um, uh, who's the big guy from – was it Pat Ewing was their coach yeah, for a Ewing. little while, and he didn't really do anything. The recruits didn't want to go play for him because Georgetown was really bad, um, and they've been bad for the last five or so years. I think it was um, – 
you know, probably since Otto Porter Jr. was there uh, and they got upset by FGCU in the first round was the last time, uh, you know, Georgetown was really relevant. And that was probably back in 2013. So that shows you about a good good 10 years that Georgetown's been pretty trash. Uh, so Ed Cooley takes that job on, a lot of pressure, uh, you know, definitely a decorated uh, h- historical basketball school uh, in Georgetown. So be interesting to see what he can do, what recruits he can bring into the nation's capital, and if he can, you know, revamp that program. But I think it'll, uh, it, you know, time will tell because he's, he's got some work to do down there. Uh, I'll kind of hand it off to you here, Brian. Who who's one of your favorites you're looking at this year to to win the entire thing? I know it's early, but who's kind of on your on your preseason radar? I really I really like the Auburn Tigers. I know I'm biased, but I they were good last year and they couldn't really score. And this year they add Denver Jones, one of the only people in Division One to average 20 points a game. Jani Broom has another year under him. They got a couple JUCO transfers that. Scored 14 and 15 against the sister school, uh, Auburn University of Montgomery, in the last scrimmage. But they still look like they're going to be good offensive players. I like the Auburn Tigers a lot. One I'll give you that's not biased. I really like Duke. I really like Duke. John Shire looks like he knows how to recruit. I know it's kind of, you know, chalky. But Duke feels like they're due. And I think we see this team make a deep run into March. And if they get the right draw they'll get to the final four. And then once they get there, anything could happen. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's some good stuff there. And uh, I won't jump in too long. Jack, uh, what do you got here for somebody who might be more towards the favorites of winning it all? We'll, we'll get to the longer odds in a second, but somebody who, who might be a favorite that, you know, out of those, you know, top three or four teams, who, who are you looking at? That's got a shot. Yeah. You know, I got a ride with my F. FAU Owls out here. I am uh I've come to be a huge FAU fan through my boys down in Fort Lauderdale. Uh go Owls. I will be riding with them, betting their money line just about every single game this year, maybe a couple spreads as well. Uh that's definitely my team to win it all. Keep in mind, even even the Kansas, the Purdue, the, you know, the, the the top of the top, it's tough to go win that tournament. It's really tough. You got to put together a nice stretch of games. Your team's got to get hot. You got to stay healthy. You know, that's been problems for teams in the past. It's it's not always the best team that wins. It. It's it's whoever can get it done at the right time. So, I think FAU with all their experience, uh they're going to cut they're going to come back this year and get the job done. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's, you know, that's 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 my thunder right there. You know, I I I I'm all over FAU this year. Uh, I've given the articles out. Um, you know, I picked them to win to win the entire tournament last year before the tournament started. So, um, yeah, I mean, I am a huge FAU guy. Uh, they play tomorrow actually. Uh, well, it'll be tonight when uh when this when this gets released, uh, I forget who they're playing, but they're only minus 180 on the money line. So that's an early season hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's an early season hammer right there. Uh, minus 180 on the money line. I forget who they play, but uh, I, I, I'm pretty confident they'll they'll steamroll them. But yeah, I mean, dude, I love FAU this year. I don't even know how you can say they're a long shot. They're ranked 10th in the country. Um, I believe they're like plus four, plus 5,000 on the odds to win it. So there's some great value there. I'm sure it'll, uh, it'll get lower, um, you know, maybe around that plus 2000 range as the season rolls on and, and people learn about him again, but bringing back John L Davis, bringing back, I believe what's his name, Elijah Martin, the number 15 kid two dynamic guards um, who, who carried them all the way to the final four last year. They're back this year. Um, and then they keep that, uh, that tall Russian dude who's like seven two, he gains a year of experience. So you're now going to have him uh, as a junior, a year older, more experienced. So the um, and they're returning a couple other guys. I think one of their top three point scores from last year is also back. Um, and then you know just through the pipeline, I believe they have a transfer too, and some guys who are just a little older who who might contribute off the bench. Um, so yeah, they're going to be extremely strong. I, I love them to to make some noise in the tournament. Hopefully, they get a pretty good draw. Um, 
but yeah, so I mean, FAU, like I said, I just had a touch on that. I know Jack did, so I, I can't leave them out. They're always a team I'm looking out for, uh, just with all that depth and just athletic guards. You know, they got that big man. They should cruise uh, to a conference title win and uh, look for them to make some noise in March. But yeah, uh, team other teams who who are more known and respected and, and always have a shot. You know, I, I don't think how you can overlook Kansas right now. Uh, they they're 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 dynamite. Um, you know, the addition of Hunter Dickinson is just unbelievable. It's almost unfair. Um, that's a guy who's going to push for a double double every night behind some athletic guards. Uh, you know, I look for them to be the outright one team all, all year long. You know, they might have a loss here or there because it's college basketball, long season. You can't win every game. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, Kansas is going to be unbelievable. Look for them, like I said, win the Big 12 and and kind of roll into uh, the tournament. I don't see a lot of teams stopping them, but more of a low-key squad, which is still a respected squad. Uh, they got a lot of recruits in. I believe they're a little bit of a younger team, but will still be good, experienced head coach. Kentucky Wildcats uh, come in ranked like 17th or 18th in the top 25, so weren't in that top 10. Uh, they got some, you know, five-star recruits, little inexperienced, but hey, John Calipari is an electric head coach, uh, you know, in college basketball. Look for him to have that team ready to go. And I will not be surprised if we see, uh, you know, Kentucky, the Kentucky Wildcats inside that uh, top 10 ranking, uh, you know, before Christmas Day. Yeah, I don't hate that. Uh, well, I do hate it, obviously, because Kentucky being in the SEC, but I mean, Kentucky's going to be good. Uh, another team I'll give you that's kind of in that 16 to 25 range that people are sleeping on for some reason, the USC Trojans, coached by Andy Enfield, going to have a electric backcourt. And that's not even counting Bronny James, who's going to come back probably in Pac-12 play. This kid, Isaiah Collier, freshman, was the high school player of the year in California. He's really good. He already showed out in the game against Kansas State. He's going to be very good. Boogie Ellis is still there. Of course, Bronny James comes back. This USC recruiting class was very good. It's going to be tough in that Pac-12. That conference might eat each other alive a little bit. But at the value at USC right now, I would I would hammer that value. Yeah, Pac-12 is, is going to be is going to be good. Look, you know, Arizona Wildcats at the top there. Um, USC again, you know, with some great recruits. Ex-FGCU head coach Andy Enfield. Good yep. to see him out there in Southern California, um, you know, running and pulling the strings for that squad. But I guess we'll just real quick, if we want to run into a Cinderella team who's got a shot to win it all, um, I'll start with you, Brian, if you can come up with the Cinderella team that you're looking at who might be able to make a run, and then we will uh, all run through it. And, again, this is just Cinderella team. Obviously, we're probably going to be way off. But just for the fun of it, we already gave our, our best bets on the good teams. Let's have a little fun and, and pick a long shot Cinderella. What do you got, Brad? Yeah, so I'll give you two. Uh, first one, just a little bit with my heart because they helped me out last night with my pick. But I'll, I'll give you JMU. This team can score, and that's the main thing you're looking for in March with a Cinderella team. Just chuck up some shots and score the basketball. So they'll probably be a 15 seed if they can end up winning the Fun Belt Conference. Um, but yeah, I like them. And then, of course, Drake. Uh, love Drake. The wagon they were covering the spread, I think they were like 30 and 3 a couple of years ago. So ever since then, I've just been a big Drake guy. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Jack, over to you, man. What 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 do you got, if anything at all, um, on the Cinderella team run here? No, I really don't have a Cinderella team. I, uh, you know – like I said, it's it's tough to win this whole thing. Uh, yeah, I don't even have you know Florida uh, FAU as my number one. I still think either Kansas or Purdue is a much easier bet to go win the whole thing. Um, but yeah, no FAU is as much Cinderella as I'm going to be getting here. <laughs> yeah, and and it's it just shows you how dynamic the the top three four teams are in the country this year because FAU is at number ten. And, you know, they're returning everybody from that final four run. So, and to have them at plus four, plus 5,000 to win the whole thing after, you know, basically getting there to the final four, I think what, they lost to San Diego State by one in the final four? It, yeah. it was an extreme. 
It was an extremely close game. Um, so, yeah, a team that has all the experience, has everybody back, and then to sit here and say they're a Cinderella team just shows you, um, you know, how good the top of the of, of the field of the rankings really is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for a team to make a Cinderella team, um, you know, Brian with some, with some great insight there. I do love Drake. Um, they got robbed against Miami last year in in the tournament. They were they were up, they were winning, and they just kind of had one of those, you know, inexperienced, uh, you know, a little bit of a collapse at the end of the game. I believe they blew like a ten point lead in like it was bad. It, it was like on, under three minutes to go, and they blew a ten point lead. So uh, Drake, you know, they're going to come back strong. They got some returning guys, some new guys, but they're they're going to be a program who. who They'll be strong and they'll be there in March, um, most likely. What what is that? The OVC they're in the Ohio Valley Conference. Yeah, the OVC. Yeah, I believe they're in the OVC, so they should have no problem winning that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, uh, a, a team that hasn't been said. I'm trying to you know keep it fresh and not steal all the picks. But the Boise State Broncos score at a high clip. They shoot the three well. And they play defense. Their only downfall is going to be that sometimes they get a little hairy on the road. But I think they'll clean that up with better defensive play this year. And their ability to make the three and make it in in high percentage clips, I think, will help propel them, um, you know, uh, uh, through the tournament. Um, And, yeah, again, like I said, I don't know they'll win the whole thing, but I think I see Boise State being a sneaky sleeper team. Uh, that can make a run come March. But other than that, you guys got anything else based on uh, the start of college basketball or any sleeper stuff? Uh, I know, you know, we kind of dominated the beginning here with some college basketball talk, rightfully so, as it is uh, the beginning of the season. Uh, Yeah, before we get into uh, the atrocious, horrendous, just scene that is the NBA playing courts or the NBA in-season tournament courts, I want to give a quick shout out to the Colorado Lady Buffs. Uh, we're not going to talk much women's college basketball on the show. I'll probably be the only person that talks women's college basketball on the show. But they did just upset the defending champion LSU Tigers. Uh, so I want to give a quick shout out to them. Uh, Deion Sanders is not the talk of the town in Boulder, Colorado anymore. So good for the Lady Buffs. Well, he brought all the juice there. He brought all the juice, man. I mean, they're True. clearly some Dion, some Dion sauce or whatever you want to call it, uh, trickled into the Lady Buffalo women's <laughs> basketball locker room. Um, you know, there's probably a little juice going into that game, though. You know, I know Angel Reese kind of has been, you know, having her uh, celebrity tour all summer. So I'm sure the Buffaloes, uh, the Lady Buffaloes, uh, excuse me, uh, probably went into that game with a little juice and wanted wanted to make a statement and uh i'm glad they did because i was sick and tired of seeing angel reese getting promoted all over the place by espn um i don't think it was necessary didn't need to see it even though caitlin clark lost i think she's the more dynamic player and you'll see that as uh next year's WNBA draft you'll probably see clark go top two and you know angel reese will probably go in that seven to ten range so just kind of shows you how the professional scouts are looking at it, but sure. Yeah. Uh, ESPN gave her a little celebrity tour all summer and, you know, game one of the, of the basketball season, she got slapped in the face. So love to see that. Um, we'll see if LSU can bounce back. I'm sure they will. Uh, but yeah, anyway, this isn't supposed to be dominated by women's college basketball, but we just got into it there. Uh, rolling on to the NBA um no games tonight as we sit here recording on a tuesday night which is just ridiculous no nfl on nba has a chance to 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 throw some national tv games on at tnt and and just grab some viewers for poor execution as we have none of that tonight so uh brian i'll jump it over to you i know we had a weekend of some uh in-season tournament uh, we had some electric games over the weekend. Seems like most of the stars are playing pretty much every game so far. Um, you know, we're seeing that new rule of stars having to play come into effect, and, and they're playing. So that that's encouraging at, uh, to see, at least from my end. But uh, I'll kind of let you jump into it here, man. Yeah, it's definitely encouraging. Um, it seems like they're actually going to take the tournament seriously, which, I mean, good for them. It's uh, It's welcome to see. 
there were some good games on Friday. I wish the courts weren't as disgusting as they looked. The Pacers court in particular looked like um, Cookie Monster and Big Bird morphed into something, and then someone ate them and threw it up. So that was just a disaster of a court. But, yeah, no, the Pacers look very good. Uh, they don't play defense for shit, but Tyrese Halliburton, he, he, I don't know if he can win most improved player because he was an all-star last year. And he's probably not good enough for challenge for MVP, but he's becoming a superstar in this league. Uh, the Thunder have looked very good. Our Thunder, we have that Section 400 future on those Thunder. Uh, Chet Holmgren is going to challenge Victor Wembanyama for that rookie of the year. He's been electric. SGA, you know about him. He's always going to do his thing. Wembanyama has been good, too. Uh, the Spurs have won some games. Biggest news, though, I know your Sixers, you were so happy when they traded James Harden. He gets over to the Clippers, and they fail to score 100 points, starting James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. Lose to the Knicks 113-97. to 97. I'm sure you're thrilled about that. Yeah, I mean, watching James Harden go over there and fall flat on his face is uh, definitely something I love to see. Um, you know, whatever. I'm not going to, you know, wish harm on the guy. Whatever he had going on backdoor, he turned down the $26 million and didn't get paid uh, after they said they would take care of him. But look, that's business. Uh, the Sixers front office had to take care of, of what was in front of them. And, you know, Harden didn't really prove that he was going to be available and be that guy. So they didn't give him the money. Um, you know, you can sit here and say, I did what I wanted to do, uh, had to do for the team to win and be flexible. And it didn't work out. And hey, man, it, you know, that's the world of sports. Maybe he should have just been been a hard ass and and did what he had to do to get that extra $26 million and, and made a lot of enemies in the city. And then he could have been sitting here with a lot more money. But, yeah, he goes out to L.A. with that loaded roster of, of guys approaching their mid-30s, nonetheless. Um, and and they they fall flat on their face. I, I don't think we'll, uh, that's the first time we'll see that. I think we'll see that. Um, more often as the season rolls on, I'm, I'm not that confident in that Clippers team, especially with the age and mixing all those egos together usually never ends well. Um, so that's what I got for that. Jack, do you want to touch on the Clippers at all a little bit before I jump into some Sixer talk here? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just going to reiterate what you said. Don't have a lot of faith in them. Don't think that the four of them are, you know, healthy enough or, you know, young enough, healthy enough, explosive enough, call what you will to go play a full season, especially with these no sitting rules. Uh, and you you get these four guys all, all out of their prime. I just don't see them, uh, you know, being able to get it done, all said and done when you've got guys like Wemby and Chet who are, you know, the youngest, some of the youngest guys in the league and putting up the numbers that they are showing the explosiveness that they do. Uh, I just don't, I don't see a world where the old guys are going to hang around anymore. Uh, you know, LeBron's been doing it, but he's one of a kind. Yeah. Uh, like you said, you know, getting older and they're not getting younger, uh, that that's going to be tough for them to, uh, you know, adapt to as the season goes on, especially with, with, uh, you know, those star players having to play and then having to come up, you know, with a good excuse for the NBA um, if those guys do sit out. But the other thing is, you know, putting all those egos in the same locker room, all it's going to take is, is, is shit to hit the fan just a little bit for, for that to turn into a Rocky situation. And I just got my popcorn out for it. Cause I can't wait uh, for the whole thing to blow up, but yeah, rolling into the Sixers. What a breath of fresh air. Uh, it's really been just watching Tobias flourish uh, Embiid's been nice. Maxi is taking that next step into an elite all pro style type player. Uh, Kelly Oubre comes over from the Hornets and kind of picks up where he left off last season. Uh, I know he averaged like 20 points a game and around four or five rebounds. And he's pretty much doing that. If anything, exceeding those numbers uh, that he was hitting last year. So really nice signing to been here on a one-year deal and and, and uh, he's playing the best basketball of his career realistically um you know all his all his shooting percentages his numbers are up and career highs uh, i know it's a very young season but nice start for him uh nice start to life uh in, in the city of philadelphia so yeah sixers have looked electric um 
you know, I know we got a big one against Boston. I guess when you guys are watching that, that'll be tonight. I believe that's Wednesday, so tomorrow night. But you guys will be watching that on Wednesday. So tonight, uh, you know, Sixers take on Boston. That's kind of their first real test, right? You know, that first game was called a mulligan against the Bucks. You don't, you know, it's first game of the season. You don't know what the Sixers are. They still had the hardened drama looming. I mean, he showed up to get on the airplane and they told him he wasn't allowed to go. So he had a little bit of, of, of some stuff going on there. Um, Harden's gone. Team uh, is kind of all together with camaraderie. They've had the new guys from the Harden trade practicing with them, you know, for at least five or so days now. Uh, so everybody's kind of clicking together. They got the team together and, you know, first real big test with the, with the guys they're probably going to have for, you know, a real, real big majority of the year, they got to play the Celtics. And, you know, I know I just hyped up uh, the Sixers a bunch, but I don't see us beating the Celtics. Maybe they, uh, maybe they got to win tomorrow. Who cares? It's, you know, we're not even uh, 15, 20 games into the season. Uh, are we good enough to beat the Celtics in the playoff series? Probably not. Uh, just being realistically, we're probably not good enough to beat the Celtics. I, I you know, probably won't get out of the second round. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just going to be uh, that shit show, uh, you know, that you got to that you gotta watch as a fan uh, of getting hyped up. Let the Sixers pull you back in like they do every year, and it will uh, – probably flounder out but um that's enough nba talk for me uh i don't know if you guys want to touch on the sixers or if you guys have anything else pertaining to that um but yeah do you guys want to touch on that or no yeah no all i wanted to say about the sixers is i'm sure that all of you guys are very happy hardens out of the town uh he's done nothing but cause drama for every team he's ever been on in his entire career and still does not have a championship ring to show for it uh so you know he wants to talk a big game and and be that guy but in reality he's not that guy I really don't think he's ever been that guy especially since they changed the free throw rules uh you know you've seen his stats been absolutely tanking ever since then Regardless, I know you guys are happy he's out of there. I don't think you're going to get it done in the East. The Bucks, the Celtics—they're just a better, they're just better teams, straight up. Sorry to admit that to you, but uh, no, you know, I mean, yeah, I said it. Things so. happen. Things happen. Maybe, maybe uh, the Sixers develop into you know a top top three contender. Yeah, they got to. Uh... They got to use some of the, those picks that Daryl Morey won't be around to, to use or, or use a, use to draft players with. So you might as well use some of those those uh, those draft picks. Maybe you know use the picks, parlay it in with some of some of that bench depth you've had you have, and uh, and go get Embiid some some help, and, and really get Maxi and Embiid some help. I mean, Maxi is is you know. I think probably just as vital to this team as Embiid is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Embiid is obviously Embiid, but like, dude, Maxi is freaking important, um, and, and he's proving to be very damn close to an All Pro NBA style player. Um, you know, probably going to see him make an All Star game this year, and and for a couple of years to come here uh, if he keeps trending at this rate, but. Uh, yeah, Brian, you uh, want to touch on anything there? Yeah, uh, I'll give you my finals prediction. But, yeah, it's going to be the Celtics and the Nuggets. I think that's where we're trending. I Maybe the Mavericks, if Luka Doncic can keep scoring 40 points a game, but I don't see that happening. Bucks, if they can gel, but they don't look that great right now. So, yeah, it's going to be the Celtics and the Nuggets. You might as well just cash it in right now on FanDuel. I don't know what the odds are, but that's going to be your finals matchup. Yeah, so rolling into the college football playoff rankings, uh, we just got them released. They're finally updated. Um, I'll just kind of jot through them right here as uh, we have them. So Ohio State stays at one, Georgia two, Michigan amid the amidst the scandal uh, at number three, and Florida State wrapping up the top four. Uh, we'll just kind of kind of jump right into it. Is this? how you guys see the uh, top four should be or, or should it be mixed up a little bit? Uh, I will start with you, Brian, and then we'll jump over to Jack. So I have had a very, call it irrational or rational 
fear that Nick Saban is going to mess around and get his team back into the college football playoff. And that fear kind of came to fruition watching Georgia play Missouri this week. I know they won by two scores, but at home against the Missouri team that has one of the worst defenses I've ever seen, that was not convincing enough to me. If Alabama can win, really, I think the last big game they have is the Iron Bowl in Jordanaire. If they can win that game, they're going to beat UGA in the SEC championship. And the committee is not leaving Nick Saban out of the college football playoff. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I have to agree with you there. I didn't realize it was that much of, you know, a chance for that to happen. But, you know, the more and more we roll through the weeks and, and Alabama keeps winning football games, uh, you know, they're going to come up against Georgia in that title game. And, and hey, look, you know, Alabama, you know, like you just said, probably going to win that game. So I, I'm pretty confident, you know, that Alabama can sneak in. But, uh, but yeah, Jack, what do you have to take away from, uh, you know, the, the top four that they released that if, you know, the season was 10 today, that's uh, the matchups we're looking at. Yeah, you know, if the season were to end today and that's the matchups we're looking at, I'm fine with it. You know, realistically, all four of these teams have been good. Uh, they're all deserving of a spot. I just think it's really tough to leave this Washington team out right now. Uh, I know they, you know, played a pretty pretty close game with USC the other night. Uh, but, you know, they look good, and I just – I don't see a world where you can keep them out, uh, especially finishing out their schedule against two, uh, you know, top 12 teams, top 15 teams. Uh, if they win those two to those two games, go win their conference championship, you can't keep them out. They're going to have to take someone's spot here. To Brian's point, if the Alabama Crimson Tide win out, beat Georgia in the SEC championship, I think they take Georgia's spot uh, and you got to sneak them in as well. I think Washington, if they win out, they still get in over Alabama with one loss. Uh, You know, this this is why we need the extended college football playoff. This is exactly why there are, you know, we're we're only here in week nine or 10. Uh, I don't know which one it is, but you know, there's there's five teams that are very deserving of a top four spot, and one would get cut out at this point, which is just BS. So we got a lot of football left to play, a lot of big games left to play. We're going to see how this plays out, but we're going to keep you guys updated with how we see this shaking out. Uh, but, but, yeah, as of right now, I'm fine with this top four, how, how they picked it. Yeah, um, I I think uh, I think you know you said it right. It, it sucks we don't have the expanded playoff right now because a team's gonna get snubbed, um, and that's what sucks about this. Is but you know next year we'll get the expansion and we won't have to sit here and deal with this. But uh, you know before I jump in to the next games, did you want to touch on that one more time, Bry? Yeah, I mean. I do agree with Jack. I think if Washington can win out, they'll probably play Oregon again in that Pac-12 championship game. It'd be really tough, really tough to keep them out. I think in that scenario, you have to take away one of the Big Ten teams. And we'll get we'll get in. Honestly, we could get right into it with Michigan playing Penn State and that being yep. a huge game. But, yeah, things are going to get real interesting. Yeah, I think you just said it right. So Michigan, Penn State this weekend. Um, what Penn State's alive, but they're not alive, right? So they got some work to do, but they're not necessarily dead. Um, yeah, I mean, first battle is this weekend. They got to beat Michigan, right? I mean, that's a must win win for Penn State. Um, and I think Penn State's road back into the conversation here, right, is beat Michigan. And then Michigan goes and beats Ohio State. And then now you're looking at a Penn State team right there at the end. Um, you know, do they sneak into the Big Ten title match? You know, how is that whole landscape going to develop? And how are they, you know, but if it rolls out like that, it's going to give them a shot and it's going to keep them in the conversation. So that's kind of Penn State's, uh, you know, route or route to, to, you know, being relevant at the end of the year and possibly, you know, snagging a, a final four spot. And 
as good as Florida State is, I think they're upset worthy. I don't know who. I don't know who will beat them, but I think they you could see them have a slip up as we roll on here. Like I said, I don't know who it's going to be. And, and maybe they make me eat my words and they just roll through the rest of the year because they are that good. But they're mm-hmm. also a team I could see having having a bit of a slip up. Um, you know, we still have Ohio State and Michigan have to play. If I had to guess, I would lean Ohio State right now at this point in time, probably winning that game. So you're looking at Michigan if they lose this weekend at Penn State and then drop to, um, you know, Ohio State, they're out of the top four. I mean, they have no shot. So something to look out for. And then, yeah, we have Utah and Washington this weekend. If Washington goes and puts on another clinic um, and Penn State beats Michigan this this week, uh, we have Washington in the top four with these. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, what, what you guys think Washington steamrolls this weekend or, or what do you got? Yeah, well, I, I don't think the Utah offense can keep up with the Washington offense. And the Washington defense doesn't get enough credit. I know Caleb Williams kind of tore him up last week, but it's Caleb Williams. Um, so, yeah. But this Washington team is very, 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 very – I'll give it another very good. And they deserve to be in the playoff. I think they're better than Florida State. Honestly, I think they're better than Ohio State. Um, And I think they would win the college football playoff if they got in there. I'm willing to go that far. So I think they'll get in, and I think they roll Utah this week. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting take. You you got Washington to win the entire thing. Um, they get in. Could happen. Could happen. They, they've looked dynamic, and they've beaten the teams they've had to beat to, to put themselves in the conversation. Um, but, yeah, before we roll on, Jack, I want, I want to get over to you to hear your take on, on anything pertaining uh, to the conversation. You know, last thing to to Brian to Brian's point. You know, I I, I like Washington. If they end up winning uh, against Utah this week, then I believe it's Oklahoma State the following week, who's a top twelve team right now. And then they go on to the Pac twelve championship, beat Oregon. I mean, there's no question that they deserve a top four spot. There's no question that they're probably a favorite to win the college football playoff. I mean, that's a hell of a resume, especially to close out the year, to be hot like that. Yeah, I'm I'm with Brian. If they get in, if they're a top four team, yeah, lock it in. They they could win this whole dang thing. I it's will say keys. I will say though, I'm a big Knowles fan. I know I went to Auburn. I'm repping Auburn. Uh they'll always be my team, but I, I grew up a Knowles fan and and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be bleeding garnet and gold as uh, as this college football season comes to an end. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I wasn't trying to rip on them. I know I said they are, they could be fraudulent, but I just think out of the teams there, like you know, that's a that's a pretty weak conference they're in. Um, you know, so I guess that bodes well for them as they probably won't be, you know, that challenged or battle tested moving on. But you know, if if it's Florida State versus Ohio State in that first round of the college football playoff, you know, Ohio State's probably a little more battle tested than Florida State. So. We'll see what happens there. Um, but, again, I'm not taking away from Florida State. I know their roster is extremely talented this year, and they are legit. But, you know, being legit and being ta- battle-tested are two different things. And, you know, we know in college football, you know, you got you got to have a little blood on blood on your arm, blood on, um, you know, uh, under your eye, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and I don't know if Florida State has, has really seen that yet. So, something to look out for uh, as we kind of roll on. But yeah, I mean, should be another pretty decent college football weekend. Um, You know, I know the Colorado Buffalo magic is pretty much done and dusted. I don't think we'll see any more Deion Sanders or any more Colorado talk until uh, week one of next year. Um, You know, they, they've kind of fizzled out. Um, So, so nothing to really touch on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, as, as the season rolls on, um, you know, we have some headlines to look out for what team's going to sneak in, what team's going to get snubbed. And I think we can officially say that the Washington Huskies is the views from section 400 team to win it all. I mean, yep. we're all on board that they're a team that, that, that can win it all. I mean, I love the Huskies. 
Um, you know, and I think they've, they've done everything they've could. Right. So well, when you look at teams and you say, you got to do what you got to do um, and you got to control what you can control. They've done that. They've controlled everything they've could control and they're continuing to do it on a weekly basis. Another challenge this week, week against Utah. Um, but I think they get it done and they get it done pretty handedly. Um, so yeah, I mean, views from section 400, you heard it here first. We love the Washington Huskies to still catapult into the top four and they won't be done there because then they're going to go win it all. So good stuff. Good stuff there. Um, you know, that's all I have uh, for my bits and pieces on the show. Are there any other segments or topics you guys want to add before we wrap it up here? We got the Auburn game coming up in about 45 seconds. So I'm down to wrap it up as soon as we can. <laughs> all right. Yeah. We can call it there. Uh, again, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Please follow along on all our socials, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, a uh, bunch of content uh, across all platforms, all socials. So definitely check that stuff out. We try to make our posts interactive, engaging uh, to get you guys in and on board and stay tuned for a couple giveaways. I know we have some stuff in the works pertaining to that. So uh, as we grow here and get a little bigger and create more of an audience uh look out for some of that stuff man because you definitely don't want to lose um lose out on 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 some cool giveaways and uh you know i have heard down the pipeline the little birdie that the views from section 400 merch line is being talked about i don't know anything about it i don't want any spoilers i don't know you know i don't have any pictures i don't have any any prototypes that's just what the little birdies tell me. So stay tuned for what we got in store. It's going to be an action packed next couple of months and holiday season. And, you know, I just really can't wait to uh, be a part of the ride. Uh, obviously, you know, with my two hosts here and, and everybody else watching. At home. Who the fuck is Carlos Mendoza, Steve? See you guys. Let's go. Let's go Mets, right? <laughs> We're out. Peace.